Cherry Pepsi out of the fridge there. Plugging shit. Pepsi ain't giving me no bag, nigga. What you want? Oh, nice soda. You think I give me a bag? Do they even have a bag? Until one of these niggas is giving me a bag, I'm gonna play my family. Okay, this, 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 this cherry pop that I'm drinking. This cherry soda. This shit is nondescript beverage. This, this cherry, this cherry soda. There might be a beverage out there called cherry soda. So you know what? Non-descript bottle of shit you're drinking uh, is what that is as far as I'm concerned on my fucking life. Oh my god. Still my fucking This form. this carbonated beverage. Yeah, we'll say that. That is fucking descriptive as we're going to allow uh-huh. this fucking podcast. Uh-huh. I am drinking a, a drink. From the red cup. He's red drinking cup. the red cup drink. Red cup drink, but it's not the, the, the red cup drink you usually think. It's non-alcoholic. Yeah, I'm just thirsty. Mm, so am I. I don't really drink alcohol that much anymore. I don't know why. I just. <laughs> no, I'm not Ricky Gavin. So, just you know, with age <sighs> comes other alternatives. Look, man. Whatever. But if it's fruity enough, I'll drink it. Okay. I don't like your voice that much. Yeah, neither so do I like it. the way I wanted to. Uh-huh. Oh, yes, the, the soothing sounds of the Kenny G. This is the way I want to start it. And there's a reason for it. And we'll get into it later on. Shouts to Brass, by the way. Make it. You might try to call him later on because I, I need his opinion. Or something. So I'm uh, just gonna say, look, a lot of niggas hate on Kenny G, but let's be clear. A lot of black people, black people boy, his album back in the day. Of course. My dad had all Kenny G. We all had, yeah. We had like. Black people just buy ish of album of just a nigga playing saxophone? That shit ain't common. I mean, but. That nigga's. With a lot of jazz, they wasn't focused on who the person was. It was just. Yeah, the music Kenny. Itself. Yeah, but. Yeah. Kenny didn't look like your typical. Of course not. He's a curly haired white dude. <laughs> You mean like John Tesh? Yeah. He said John Tesh music was horrible, by the way. Well, he leased his host entertainment tonight, and then he uh, started going on tour. Oh. John Tesh. Yeah. Eric Connick Jr. He was an actor slash musician, so he did both. And he hosted American Idol when it went down the fucking hill. Cool. He was one of the um, judges. Yeah, that's what I meant. But that point is true, he wouldn't do that shit. But Harry Connick Jr. has been on since the 80s, so, man. Yeah. But it is what it is. That's enough, Kenny. 
But that's an alto saxophone that he plays, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Fuck you, oh, okay, sorry. Which episode did I say this was? Uh, 37, I believe. Alright, so I'm sure this podcast correctly for change. Mm-hmm. So, I am located king, as usual, um, joined by this evil, 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 evil. I am not evil. evil. evil, 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 evil person who recently celebrated a birthday yesterday and turned 50 years old. Oh my god! Oh, the lies, the lies. She's so fucking um, welcome Ashley K. Best the podcast. Mm-hmm. She's not a friend of the podcast. She's just. Anyways, I, I know you. you the, the presence of who I am was greatly missed, which is why I'm back. Again. Really, I missed her with every bullet because she's back. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> and this is episode uh, 37 of the Down with the King podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, back and. I would say better, but she's here, so... No, 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 you were on the right track. It, it's um, better because I'm I'm here. always better every time I get on this mic, but you know, it's fine. And whatever. Um, but it's a lot to get to. First of all, how, how was your birthday? It was good. Um, I got a massage early in the day. Uh, shout out to Woodhouse Spa in downtown Detroit. Still have to, you know, get um, no, that has nothing to do with that, sir. I, I have I have a lot of tension in my back and in my spine, so I went and got a massage. No, sir. No, it's it's called it's caused from standing up a lot and having that. No, no, we're we're not doing that. Haven't been doing that for quite a while. So, yeah, no, not at all. Anyways, um, but yes, it was very lo- relaxing, very lovely. Um, then I I stood in line for about um maybe an hour and some change for a Popeye's chicken sandwich, only because it was my birthday. Because again, the sandwich is good, but it's not that great to where I'm gonna wanna stand in line every single time I go there just to get a spicy chicken sandwich. And then of course, um, we had the showcase for our voices, which is through Black and Brown Theater, which is a theater company that I heavily work with. And I got to present a piece that I wrote and directed as a part of the showcase called Free give us not um and yeah so we we got that and got great feedback about the showcase and whatnot and then we had tacos and champagne after which was lovely because i love tacos that is some bougie mexican hood shit well one of the founders of black and brown theater is actually mexican so okay well i guess that fits me <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, yeah, and then I, you know, I had to get up early in the morning anyways because today was a long day. I had prayer, then I had an audition call back, and now I'm here, so. Why does anybody call me back? It's, it's, that's what happens when you audition and they still need to see you to see what they can give to you or possibly cash you for. But you're, you're not that good. Oh, shut up, hater. You're... Okay, man, three out of three. Now, you haven't even uh, really seen me before. That's uh, reason for it. Laziness. You know, I'll get. You know, I'll move for things that are great. Yeah, of course. Well, uh-huh. So you can clearly. Say, oh, you're great. I'll be there. Fuck you. I'll be there. Your voice is not there though. 
Uh, not anymore, no. It used to be a long time ago. long time ago. Um, I'm definitely past my prime when it comes to that. I'm, I'm glad you've admitted to that. I'm, I'm very honest with myself. Mm-hmm. But back in the day, kill that shit. <laughs> Alright. So, Ashley apparently enjoyed her birthday. Um, my boss has been out of the office since I came back from vacation, so I've been having really great days. Supposedly she's coming back this week, but God, I hope not, because it doesn't look like she's coming back, and I really hope not. No. Um, yeah, that, irony, that's always great. The irony of it is hilarious to me, because the reason she took time off, the first and foremost, when I first heard she was out, I was like, hey, I hope she's okay. No, great. Hope she's fine, nothing's bad. They're going to find out the reason she's out is because she needed a mental health break. Because she feels like um, her boss has it out for her. Yeah. Because her boss is holding her accountable and actually checking into the shit she's doing. Mm. So, with that being said, um, she might not be coming back. No, 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 it's not even that. The issue is she's like, she feels like she's being personally attacked. She feels like her boss is nitpicking her. She feels like she's She's being disrespectful. She's never been disrespectful. Like she feels like her boss had it out for her. Whatever the case may be, the thing she described her funny to me because when I said, so basically what you're saying is your boss is doing to you the things you do to us. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Oh, welcome to my life for the last three and a half years. But I digress. So I don't feel like I'm over there. I was like, oh, I'm feeling sorry for her. Oh, <laughs> child. I said your part reason I start seeing the therapist. Not a hundred percent of the reason, maybe five percent. But yeah. I didn't say fucking leave it off because of it. So whatever. Um, but that's gonna be hidden there. I don't want to talk about that too much. Um, but other than that, um, performance review time. So I did a performance review the other day, which was a fucking headache. It's just nerve wracking doing your own personal doing your self assessment because you gotta kind of recall everything you did that year, mm-hmm. which is always that fun. So with that being said, um. I guess we'll get into it. You gonna talk or you gonna get fun? Um, I'm multitasking, so... You're sir. not that great at that either. Uh, actually, I am. So, I mean, since I already brought up the Popeyes incident, you kind of want to... We're gonna get into that first. No, we're gonna hold off on that. We're gonna hold off on that. We, I need to get into some really shit shit first. Okay, well then, go. Okay, so, Shoot. Okay, so... <sighs> Alright, this is going to be... We're gonna spend a lot of time on this, I can imagine. Mm-hmm. So earlier this week, T.I. was on um, a podcast. I think it's uh, Miguel's wife's podcast. Okay. And um, so the question was asked to him, so you, you talk to your daughter about sex and things like that. You guys have that conversation. Mind you, his daughter, Deja, she just, she's 18 now. Mm-hmm. She said, not only do we have the conversation, we go to the gynecologist uh, for the yearly checkups, and I go to check and see if her hymen's still intact. Um, and then he says, and, you know, the doctor will tell me, you know, you know that the hymen can be, you know, it can be broken or torn for other reasons, like riding a bike, playing sports, different things like that. And he responds, well, you know, she don't play sports, she don't ride bikes or horses, so just give me the information. Um, so needless to say, this has launched, um, a million and one conversations about everything, we'll say mm-hmm. that. And, um... Okay. First and foremost, I want to preface this by saying I don't have kids. You don't have kids. Neither do I. No. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm not here to tell someone how to parent their child. That's 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 not here what I'm here for. Um what I will say is this. And I guess it speaks to first and foremost, I want to focus on TI mm-hmm. specifically. Because this him saying that unfortunately does not surprise me. Really? It does not. And the reason and the reason I say that is I would expect um, a very controlling, patriarchal, misogynistic man to say some shit like that. Expeditiously. Um, recently <laughs> on his podcast, <clears throat> Tiny was on there. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about their relationship, and he made the comment to her, and, um, and I'm paraphrasing, that little sex box of yours is half mine. Oh. And even the way she looked at him, she kind of like, kind of looked at him like, Mm -hmm. fuck. But, you know, but she unfortunately is used to him and how he acts. When they went through their whole, when they were going through stuff and she was stepping out, even though he cheated on her first. Oh, yeah. Multiple times and was stepping out with other chicks. Even the thought of her even giving anybody else any attention, because he has this belief that he she belongs to him, but he can do what the fuck he wants. Oh yeah, that, uh, that has been his attitude. That is that's what he believes. That is how he feels. Contradictory so, mentality. Yeah. When it comes to somebody like Ti, it's also the reason why he loses credibility with me. When it comes to him trying to be for the cause and for the people and all this different shit, because mm-hmm. in my mind, you can't just be for part of the people. And my thing is, if you feel that's a way about women, and is this whole, this whole thought process that women are part of the problem, property, that's why I have an issue with you because. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my first thing. That's the first thought I had. Is unfortunately, I was not surprised that he of all people would say something like that. Mm-hmm. That was my first issue. So then we get into the, the, the idea of his daughter. Now, first and foremost, she's 18 years old now. Yes. We've watched her grow up on T.I. and um, she's 18 years yes. old now. She was a little girl then. Even when she was not 18, once she became old enough for these things started to happen to her, or whatever the case may be, she's a woman. She goes into a woman as a father. Well, first of all, she could be doing other shit and not having sex. Yeah. That's first of all. She could have been doing anal. She be stopping every niggas off. You don't know what uh-huh. you know. That's first and foremost. If that's your fear, like what exactly is your fear? Or is your fear strictly that she's getting pregnant, or is it she's having any time of session? Because you can have. I know women who are virgins, but I've done all kind of other shit mm-hmm. other than sex. Hmm. So because their 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 religious beliefs are in you know, in a course for marriage or whatever. But let's believe they've done everything else. I can guarantee. So, whatever with that being said, my question becomes: What exactly is your fear here? Honestly, it probably might be that because of how he's treated women in his past, he's afraid that that's going to happen to his daughter. And that, and that, and that does happen because a lot of these guys who are fucking jackasses mm-hmm. have this thing where they. They they overcompensate for the fact that they ain't shit. Yep. And so they project onto every other guy. Mm-hmm. And especially when you have a daughter, it's, it's 15 million times worse. So your fear is she gonna meet a nigga like you, 
And even if you were a guy who was once terrible and you've grown up, you still have this fear, innate fear that my girl and my daughter is going to meet a man who was like me at the time when I wasn't shit. And a lot of guys are fearful of that. So this whole idea that you're going to go to your daughter's nine college visit because you want to make sure her high is intact because you want to make and first and foremost my issue my other issue with this is more than anything why you put her business out there like that exactly she's first of all she's already been in the public eye since y'all started y'all show Right. So she's had to grow up in the public eye to begin with. So she already had people in her fucking business all of the time. Because of her Because of dad. who you are as her father, who mm-hmm. her parents are. And because y'all had a TV show. So beyond that now, you get people even more in her business because you decided to divulge that information, which was not unnecessary. Exactly. It was completely unnecessary. You, you breaking HIPAA laws. All you that. had to do was say, yeah, we've had that call, we've had, you know, we've had discussions about sex and leave it at that. But you couldn't leave your, you couldn't keep it there. You had to go into detail about shit you do with your daughter. And if your daughter agrees to it, first and foremost, that doesn't mean a damn thing because if, 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 if it's your daughter, She's like, okay, yeah, it's fine. It's because she's, it's her. She's probably used to it because mm-hmm. she knows what you are. And I was like, she was, she was raising this shit, so I'm not different. Right. But the shit's not down here, right? It don't make it okay. Why is your 18 year old daughter, why are you checking your 18 year old daughter's family to make sure she's not right? Or she's not fucking. It's basically, yeah. It's, and it, it, it speaks to um, this, like I said, it speaks to the idea from men and the way society view women as women are possessions or property. The wife belongs to her husband. Um, the daughters belong to their father. Even the whole concept of giving your daughter away at a wedding. Mm-hmm. Some people view it as a respect thing. And it, I, I mean, it kind of, if, it, if it, the it, parent it, did it, right, it, I would say. It's supposed to be. However, on some level, I feel like if your woman, your daughter is 35 years old, but living on her own, or, or even living on her own for six, seven years, why are you asking for my dad? Like, she's dated constant, kind of, she's dated, she's been in constant relationships. She's had dudes that are taking care of her. She's living on her own and all this other shit. How the fuck is going to go back and say, hey, dad, can you give me away? You want me to take care of me? I can see if it's like it was before, where your daughter, daughter lived with her parents until she got married. Mm-hmm. Until she went and got married off, she was in her parents' house, so her father was supporting her. So to me, I understand that definitely. Because it's literally a transition of you live in your parents' house, your dad, you live under your dad's, your parents' house, your father's taking care of you, he's your he's the one male in your life. You get you meet a man you're going to marry. Now the transition is now I'm transitioning from my dad to this man who I'm going to spend my life with. Mm-hmm. That's different, and that's how it was when that was that's when that was done. You also had situations where girls were only raised to they they were taught to basically prepare themselves to find a husband. Mm-hmm. That's how it was back in the day. So that was the mindset for women. Is your mindset is. You become a good woman, you can become a good homemaker, you can become a woman who's going to bear children for the man who is going to be your husband. Right. So, on that, I understand to some extent. However, now, I mean, it's different. The women, 
first of all, most of these women are not living with their fathers at that point. Mm-hmm. If their father is in their life, which is a whole other question. Um, they've probably been living on their own for any number of years before they even get to a point where they're finally men are going to marry. So if it's a respect thing, and I, I can understand asking your parents, say, I want to give you guys a heads up that I'm going to be asking her to marry and I just want to get your blessing. Mm-hmm. Getting your blessing is different. And I think that's the difference. Getting your blessing and getting permission. Because there are certain religions that you still have to ask the you father do. because the father has a, their daughter is their possession of some kind in some way. That's what I try to have a problem with is the whole idea of a daughter or a child being a possession. Because they don't do that with men. It, it, not no, it's not the same when it comes to men. Mm-hmm. Men can go do what the fuck they want. And they're not held accountable. They're not for held anything. to any, oh, you gotta ask my parent permission. And that's why it's this whole double standard. And I understand double standards exist, but some double standards are fucking stupid. Yes. This whole idea that men, women or more, are like, men can do what the fuck they want. Cause, and that's the issue I have with T.I. getting back to it because. When his son, he found his son lost his virginity at 14, he wasn't, he knew how to be a man. He didn't he, he support him. So, you're okay with your son using his virginity at 14 and going out here knocking out all his chicks. Mm-hmm. You're, you're fine with that. But when you're, the idea of your daughter having sex somehow is a thing that you just can't allow. You have to make sure it's not happening. Right. That is where my issue, my biggest issue comes in. It's like, what the fuck? I'm going to see if I can call somebody because I just want to see if they're available because I need to get somebody's opinion on this. And then the thing is, is like, because even if you you try to so-called call yourself going to her doctor's appointments with her gynecologist, like you said, that's not going to stop her from wanting to go and have sex just because that's, oh, well, I got to make sure that you're not doing anything that you're supposed to do. Like, it, it, it's stupid as hell. And then, again, like I said, a lot of this has to do with his guilty conscience because of how he's treated women over the years. Oh, brass. Uh, go figure. <laughs> but no, it's just this whole idea. Like, I feel like it's 2019, about to be 2020. Mm-hmm. And this whole idea that somehow women belong to men or are owned by their men, whether it's your husband, your daughter, your child. But men just get, sons can do what the fuck they want, man. They can go out there. Um, if, a, if a guy goes out there and fucks as many women, a kid goes out there and fucks as many women, one, his father's going to be like, oh, shit, you my son out here knocking him down. Mm-hmm. He's not going to, like, even, all he's going to say is make sure you use a condom. Yep. That is going to be the extent of his responsibility to his son. And make sure she's make taking sure a pill. you're pregnant. Make sure you don't make sure you protect yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's what he's going to tell his son. Right. His daughter, you don't go fucking about Exactly. And it's like, why does that, like, that, that shit still boggles my mind. Um, and look, again, I don't have kids, so I'm not, like... Me neither, so I can't, I can't really say too I much of this. I'm not here to tell T.I. how to parent his child. I'm just trying to understand why people think that shit's okay. To, for him to check... 
like, because to me, it's just, it, it, it speaks to him looking at his daughter. It's like, no, nigga, you belong to me. And until I say, say otherwise, you got, I got to make sure you ain't, like, that shit's weird to me. It's just weird. It's fucking weird. Mm-hmm. I don't understand it. Uh, it's not meant for me to understand, I guess. But, like I said, it speaks to the whole, the, the larger issue of how women are viewed in society. And, um... We've, it's a change to some extent, but there's still a lot of people who who subscribe to the belief that as a woman, as my daughter, as my wife, you belong to me. And whether than women being cherished and 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 valued as individuals and human beings and equals, they're looked at as these these possessions that that are just for men to hold on to into oh no and it's the reason why it's the worst thing in the world it's it's just like when guys cheat they like it's it's like if they dick and do i do what the fuck they want Mm -hmm. but the idea of a woman doing the exact same shit it kills them it kills them they be wanting they be wanting to kill a kill a beer and hear and put their hands on her or or, call her all types of bitches and sluts violent shit call every fucking name off the book but nigga, you out here knocking down everything you had. Kids outside our relationship and all kinds of shit. You want me to sit here and just accept that shit? Right. And then you expect me to just sit around and just wait for you to finally figure your life out? And this is why toxic masculinity is a such thing. Because, of course, I keep seeing this argument going back on forth on Facebook and even Instagram sometimes that toxic masculinity is a myth. And that it's just another creation to divide the man specifically the black man because they feel as though oh well you know the issues are coming from the white man and blase flee or it's the women like you know that video we were listening to earlier where the guy was basically saying that the reason why black women are in the position that they're at now is because they don't respect themselves so how can a black man respect them yeah she was reading this article some dude posted some little comment basically he basically didn't he basically absolved black men of any responsibility for the way women react to them mm-hmm. basically going back to slavery which again he, I don't know what he, slavery he has back, he basically said that black women don't allow black men to um, do certain things or whatever the case may be or we don't you, you made it so it's not it's not easy it's like no Y'all made it so women said, fuck it, we can't count on y'all because y'all niggas is undependable and y'all don't act like y'all don't hold shit down. So we're going to hold shit down ourselves and y'all niggas can't deal with it. <laughs> Let's just be clear. Niggas never want to take accountability for their bullshit. And that's the, the most annoying thing to me as a black man is when other black men don't hold other black men accountable. Right. Or women don't hold themselves accountable. Like, I can, for example, one of my sisters posted a couple, a few years ago, black men ain't shit mm-hmm. and you know how many black men comment and saying I understand me maybe two other people mm. everybody else commenting how well you're generalizing I am I'm, I'm a good of man course. everybody focused on telling how they're such a good man instead of listening to her reasons for why she said what she said nobody asked hey why do you feel that way what has happened is what is you know what do you mean like why what are the things you face that you feel why do you feel like that what has caused you to say that mm-hmm. instead of saying that everybody wanted to focus on why they're either a good man 
or why she's generalizing and why you're criticizing black men. Because black men, men in general, but especially black men, don't like to be criticized. They don't like to be held accountable. They don't like to be caught up on their bullshit. And so when a black woman gets fed up because she's tired of said bullshit, right. black men can't stand it. And the other black men, rather than saying, yo, yeah, black men be doing some bullshit and actually recognizing that shit, they want to focus on themselves individually, and that's the problem is that we so focus on mm-hmm. proving that I'm the good one out the group. I'm the good one. I'm the good one. <laughs> it's the house nigga syndrome. Oh, I got to focus on making sure I'm, she know I'm the good one. I'm the good one out the group. I don't know about these other niggas, but I'm the good one. Instead of saying, yeah, you're right. Black men, we do some fucked up shit, and we need to recognize that shit and point it out and say, yo, that was fucked up. Because the more niggas that point to their boys or their friends or any nigga they see that's doing some fucked up shit and say, nigga, that was fucked up, the better this shit will get. But until that happens, it's going to keep being fucked up shit, and we gonna keep, and niggas going to keep sitting back like, damn, shit ain't what happened to that dog. Wish I could do something about it, but it can't. Right, that's what, honestly, I think the whole black man don't cheat is like the stupidest thing ever because again it feels like it's promoting toxic masculinity and it's giving that okay to say okay black man continue to do your thing because obviously it doesn't matter what fucking race you are a man is going to cheat regardless but with the saying as a whole black man don't cheat thing it's it's like no because if anything you're probably the worst out of the majority of races when it comes to cheating because of how much denial and you know they subconsciously bring on and then it's they they make your woman feel like she's crazy because she's speaking her mind about how she feels and all this other stuff see i disagree to an extent on that so and only okay so Charlemagne kind of went into depth on this and i remember him talking about that on my thing about the the white men all cheating is this as long as the man is recognizing that, yeah, I used to fuck up and I did cheat at one point, mm-hmm. and and uh, he different, and so I've always made the differentiation down the, I've always made the distinction between men and boys. Right. I'm always been very or specific, niggas. or niggas in general, whatever. I've always been very specific in my terminology. When women say, you know, men, you know, men out there, I say those weren't men, and I'm very clear about that because to me. You have to give a certain level of responsibility, a certain level of accountability, there's a certain level of behavior I expect if I'm going to refer to you as a man. Mm-hmm. So for me, and, I, and, it, and some people view it as disrespect, it's fucking disrespect, I don't care. Because as far as I'm concerned, you have to earn my respect as a man. Right. And if you don't show it as a man, then I don't, I don't, I don't respect you. So you can, be, you can be of the male species, you can be a boy. But I'll be damn call you a man if you don't act like one. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, for me, cheating is something that a boy does. This guy, I'm just saying that um, I was one, I once thought like a man. I thought I once thought like a child, and I did childish things. Yes. And then I gave those childish things up. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Cheating is a childish thought process. Yeah. So when he said, "Yeah, you're right," what we're saying is, black men don't cheat, which means once you reach the level where you truly want to be a man, you understand that cheating shit is stupid, and that's what they're and that's what they, the way he described it and promoted that way, that I agree with. Now you have other niggas who are gonna co-opt it the way they want, mm-hmm. but that's what niggas do all the fucking time. Yeah. Niggas gonna take some shit and latch onto it, but if you actually not living that life, they were specific about what they were talking about and then what they were talking about, I agree with. Now, you have the other niggas out here that are going to claim that they're part of that movement and they're really doing it. And that's but the they problem. just doing this shit just to hashtag them shit because that's what people do. 
But for the ones that actually believe what he was saying, I agree. Like, yo, I'm not out here doing shit. And then, and for them, you talk like they they out in the spotlight. So I'm sure they get women trying to approach them on shit because they trying to get on. Mm-hmm. Fuck all that. I got a, I got a chicken. I'm, I'm, I got a wife at home. None of y'all is working. You risking that for. And once you realize that as a man, then that, at that point, I realize I ran on you. But for you niggas is out here doing dirt, you got a girl at home, you got a wife at home, whatever, and you still out here doing your own shit, at that point, I can't respect you as a man. I'm sorry, I just don't. Because mm-hmm. my thing is, if you want to be single, you want to be out here fucking everybody, go ahead and do that. But don't disrespect her, have her at home, sitting at home, waiting for your dumb ass, while you out here doing who, who knows what with whoever. Right. Like, that shit's fucked up. That shit's stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to be single, fucking be single. But what you niggas usually want is that you want somebody that's going to hold you down and take care of you at home, but then so you go out here and do fuck ever. You just want that chick for a pussy because it's a new pussy. Mm-hmm. But as long as I got the girl at home that's going to hold me down and do whatever for me and take care of me, really take care of me, that's all I need is all, and I can go out there and do my dirt. That's bullshit. And that's also a cover-up, too, for a, a lot of broken men who have yet to even, like, deal with their own trauma and their own issues because, of course, they get told, oh, you show emotion, you being a bitch. So, I gotta be... That's what you that men can maneuver however they want. Mm-hmm. It's never... Women have always been the ones that have been taught to hold the household together. Yeah. It's the reason why people, grandmothers and their great-grandmothers stayed in mar- marriages where they were abused. Exactly. Emotionally, physically, men go out and cheat on whoever, have kids and set other marriages and, and have other um, kids from other relationships outside their marriage and things like that. And the mama, the great-grandma, whoever was in just they had to set that shit. Mm-hmm. They had to sit there knowing their husband was already doing dirt. But no, you gotta, your mom or your great-grandma taught you, you gotta, you gotta endure it. Men ain't gonna venture out. Men ain't gonna do what they want. Men gotta go out. You gotta allow them to be that. Right. It doesn't man. matter how good they yeah, are. They're always man. gonna cheat. Man, that's what he gonna do. That bullshit rhetoric. Mm-hmm. That's bullshit. Yeah. And the reason it was allowed to happen is because women allowed the expectation to happen because they were taught that that was okay. And now that women are realizing, no, that's bullshit. If you choose to marry me, you choose to have children with me. Mm-hmm. Nigga, you need to stay with me. If you don't want to be with me, then nigga, go the fuck away. Right. Don't sit here and keep me here while you are doing the fuck you want. And guys, don't like that shit. That's the reason why so many guys are just, like, they're just fucking stupid. And it's like, it's, it's ridiculous to me. But unfortunately, society dictated that men are gonna, they, they have this expectation they're allowed to act a certain way. Yep. and do what the fuck they want and they're not beholden to anything men can maneuver how they want they can, and they can do what they want but when women start doing the same shit women, men like dude, men don't like that shit no, we the only ones go out there and do dirt, we the only ones that venture out and just kind of do what the fuck we want we the only ones go out there and fuck what we want we the only ones be casual about sex but as soon as women start owning sexuality and say fuck y'all, the only one thing I just want dick right now, fuck you mm-hmm. Men don't like that shit. Oh, I don't like independent women. I don't like feminists. I don't like I don't like these women who like out because you want you want one who needs you. Exactly. Because you were taught that women. Oh, but but then there are some dudes that if a woman gets too clingy or she's too naggy, oh oh, get off me. You always depend on me. You can't do something for yourself. Blah blah blah. And that's when they get tired. Of it's like niggas don't want to know they want most of That's the reality of it. So, look, and Shalani's probably mad at me. I don't fucking care. 
I will call a nigga out in a minute. I don't fucking care. You ain't shit. You ain't shit. Right. Point blank. Yeah. You can't get mad at a woman for calling you out on your sh- ain't shitness. You ain't shit. Point blank. And that's a, the week because there was a lot of debates going on because I you I know you don't watch the show, but with power, the, one of the biggest debates is that people call Tasha St. Patrick a hoe because. She done fucked all these dudes, but her husband, James St. Patrick, had a whole full-blown affair with this other chick while they were still married. So I don't know anything about the show, but the, the one few times I watched it when my sister was watching when I was over her apartment. Mm-hmm. What I will say about the show, from, the, from what I know, he was trying to get out, right? Mm-hmm. Who wanted him to stay in? Uh, Tommy and Tasha. Okay. So... But the girl on the other end, she was support. She was supporting getting out, right? She like she yeah. was the, like first of all, she was his first love. That that right is open. Yes. Okay. And she was probably the one that wanted him whether he was selling drugs or not, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So on the one hand, you are right. He did marry Tasha because Tasha was the down bitch that was down for him. He was doing his dirt. Mm-hmm. But she couldn't went down for him to be going straight because he was trying to do that shit. And she wouldn't let him. Well, that was his fault. He should no. never marry her. Yeah, but you, when you in that shit, you marry the bitch that's gonna hold it down when something happens. That's what you do. <laughs> if you, because he couldn't, he know he couldn't get Angela because she a fucking cop, first of all. Mm-hmm. So he couldn't marry her when he was doing drugs, um, mm-hmm. selling drugs. You marry the chick that's gonna, oh shit, you on, you, you, you carry this pack across the, um, across the border, you do this, you do that, oh shit, I need that. You need a bitch that's gonna hold it down. And so that's what niggas like that do. I'm not justified. I'm just telling you that's what happens. So, usually though, that marriage was a convenience. That's what that marriage was. It started out was. It was a convenience mm-hmm. for both of them. Mm-hmm. Because she wanted the money and she wanted the lifestyle. She needed somebody that was going to hold it down. So, if shit all went to pot, she knew she wasn't going to turn, turn on him. She wasn't going to sneak on all that other shit. Mm-hmm. That was, it was a convenience marriage from the beginning. Those shits happened in those situations all the time. The one he truly loved was a cop. And so when he said, hey, I want to go straight, that's his path out of it. But his wife don't want to leave that shit because she likes the lifestyle. So on one hand, I understand both sides of it. I'm not going to disparage her and call her a hoe. Because again, as you said, he was having an affair. But I also understand this show could have ended in one season if he had just said, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, that, that would like, be like, uh, They dragged this shit out, but he could have said, you know what, I'm going straight, and I'm going to go be with her. I'm going to go be with Angela, whatever the shit's name, and I'm going to leave you. He could have did that shit and show her more. But here's my problem with that, because say if the roles were reversed, and this was Tasha, and uh, she was the one who had this big drug dealer thing going on, and James was basically the one holding her down. She would have set him up to go to show for her. I get that, but I'm just saying, like, if we flip the roles and this was Tasha who stepped out on James first. What's the thing? A woman who's a kingpin, first and foremost, is probably not going to get married. Look, I'm going to tell you. You watching on Queen of No. All right, same, same situation. There are men she was in love with throughout the show so far in a few seasons. Mm-hmm. Because it's really, you, t- you see where she got, and you go back and see how she got there. That's how basically the show is told. Uh-huh. So, 
at the end, she's not. She just has guys she's fuck with because she knows about life. Because women are more logical when it comes to getting shit done. Right. Men think too much with their dick. Of course. So, and men, guys are always thinking of, yo, I need a woman to hold me down, hold me, have my back. And the reason they know that is because a woman is going to have your back because black is a woman too, especially black women. Mm-hmm. So, in his instance, I understand that's just how this street mentality is. For a woman, though, if a woman is a kingpin, she only going to keep you around as long as she needs you. And then once she don't need you, she's going to set your ass up and take the fall. The comedy video for Testify. That's exactly what that was. Oh, yeah. With Rodney was, was in it. She, he thought he was running shit. She was the one running yeah. shit. And once she ain't need his ass, <laughs> she sent his ass to jail. Mm-hmm. That's what women would do because women would be smarter about the whole setup. The women would have an out plan from the beginning to get out of whatever this relationship shit is once she didn't need your ass anymore. So, in that regard, it would never even get to that point. Because once she realized, oh, oh, you you, you switching up on me, or I want to do something different. All right, well, I'm, I'm gonna, you gonna take the fuck all the shit. I'm about to go. That's exactly what would happen. But you can't she say was, all women are that smart. Because there are in that in that in that in that place. If a woman is a drug kingpin, you have to have a certain mentality first thing you're doing that. So if you are oh, as a woman, if you are a drug queenpin or whatever. Your mentality is different, and if it was so, in that case, your mentality is already different. So the way you look at things is going to be different. But I'm just telling you how women are when it comes if they're in that. I space. understand that, but if uh, yeah, just a typical emotional woman. She's never been drugging anyway. Yeah. Uh, well, we used to try it. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Lala's character, right. and that's why she's well, dead now. Hell, you, everybody ain't built for that shit. You can think, yo, I've been around him. I know the game. Yeah, you don't know that shit. Right. There's a certain and you, like. You can be on the sideline and think you know that shit. That shit ain't, uh, A lot of niggas in Charlie fans, they saw their cousin, their brother, their husband, their significant other do that shit and think, oh, I can hold this shit down. No, you can't. If you ain't fully involved and you really don't have the connections or the people to do that shit, and you ain't, because the only way that shit worked is if from the beginning, you were, while he was building his shit up, mm-hmm. you was building your connections the same way. Right. That's the only way that shit works. If you try it 10, 15 years into it, no, nigga, when the shit about to go away, it's too late. You already behind the A-ball. You got to do that shit gradually. Because in Queen of the South, the one who, the kingpin in Mexico, his wife, is his biggest competition. What he did is he sent her to Dallas to establish something there. Uh Well, no, she wanted to establish her own thing, so she went to Dallas. And so there's kind of this back and forth beef between them because... It becomes a thing where they're trying to cut each other off, at the, and, and they still love each other on some level. But she like, yo, but I want to do my own thing, and you're trying to hold me from doing it because he's trying to go straight. So she's trying, he's trying to be the mayor, even though he really still ain't even straight. Uh-huh. He's trying to become the mayor of in Mexico and shit. And so he don't want. He's trying to be as far away from the drug side of his business as possible. She like, well, look, I'm gonna go do this thing in Dallas. You do your thing, but when he gets, when she starts getting too strong, he can't take it. Or he's and so the people around him is like, yo, we gotta, we gotta stop her. And so it becomes this back and forth. And that's who the girl who ends up being Queen of South learns from initially. So it's like she's seeing this kind of back and forth. But his wife has a mindset like, yo, motherfucker, you made me my husband, bitch. I got a business to run, so fuck you. Mm-hmm. That's the mentality. It's like, yo, I'm not about to sit here. It's going to be like, fuck you. 
fuck all this shit. Yeah, we got kids, we got a daughter together, but fuck you when it comes to anything else in that. And that's how she feel. Like, they still married, but, eh. Like, so, it's just a mentality difference. And look, I don't, I'm just, we're all, oh, we're, we're speaking hypothetically in either way, so fucking say show. But, <laughs> like, the women, just how women think, I think it would be more of what that happened in that testified video. Like, mm-hmm. I don't need you. But no, I'm saying because it's just, again, I think it's more so the issue that everybody's jumping down when a woman, she's but that's because that's what they do. Yes. It's women, men are always but they they very little men like hold men will never, because if they have to if they do that they have to point out in themselves yep. and that's the reason why they're not going to mm-hmm. it's men are always going to take especially nowadays men are going to use every opportunity they can to take a shot at a woman yep especially a black woman mm-hmm. and that also speaks to why black women, black women feel they would way to do a lot of men because exactly every black men will take any opportunity they can to tear down a black woman. Or to take shots at the black woman. See? See what she doing? Mm-hmm. See, that's why I told y'all y'all ain't shit. Huh? Pretty much the show. It's a fucking TV show. What the fuck you so mad for? But that's just what we would do. It's, it's fine. Um, but we're talking about the whole masculinity thing in general. And so I want to, oh, this speaks to uh, um, something I want to talk about. It's, it's going to be brief. You know who Brandon T. Jackson is, right? Yes. Brandon Wayne T. Jackson's son. And yeah, so he... for people that don't know outside Detroit, when, well, people know who Brandon T. Jackson is. He's been in various movies. And, Roll Bounce, Bounce. The Lottery. Um, fucking um, movie. Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder, yeah. That's, that was a lot of movies. Yes, me too. Whatever the case may be. Um, Tropic Thunder, no, it's probably my favorite movie he's been in. But whatever the case may be, Probably the biggest movie he's been into. Mm-hmm. I agree. John Robert Johnny Jr. Oh, wait, he was in uh, Big Mama's House, too. That's what we're talking about. That's how she wore this is going to go. Yep. So, I already know. And from people who in Detroit know him because his father, um, Wayne T. Jackson, in church here in Detroit. Um, whatever the case may be. So, Brandon recently did an interview with BT, or an interview with Mo Father. So, Comedy hype, I'll say. Mm-hmm. And so during the interview, he said that the negative turning point, um, so he said a negative turning point in his career um, came as a result of him dressing as a woman in the film, um, Big Mom's House, like father, like son. He said everything went wrong when I put on that dress. He said it was a negative changing point, to be honest. My personal life was in shambles at the time, it was horrible. Um, he, said he, did, he said he didn't find the movie to be very good to begin with. Um, he said it wasn't a film where she says it's Big Mama's house fucking thing. <laughs> right, the first one was stupid. Anyways. Um, he said he purely did it for the money. Um, said the dress was a bit over undone. He stressed that you couldn't pay the 40. He said, so here's my thing. Um, he said nothing. He said it was cursed and nothing went right since then. So there's nothing. Black people, black actors, black comedians. Put it on the dress and you should cheer for her. It didn't. The fact that she wanted to take time with it, maybe. Yeah. Maybe it has something to do with it. Maybe, maybe the fact that you're just not that good. Maybe you weren't that funny. Um, 
maybe your acting just isn't that great. And it, it wasn't. It mm-hmm. wasn't. I mean, you were kind of funny, but that's it. Um, your shtick, as it were, was not something that was going to entertain people for a very long time. There was nothing different about you than any other comedian actor at that time that was going to make you any more popular. Um, my issue is blaming your career on or your the downhill, downhill spiral of your career on the dress is bullshit. First of all, this whole myth of myth, this no mythos that comedians or black comedians have when it comes to putting on a dress is bullshit. Just want to point that out. Um, so explain it to the people if they don't. Every, so all these black actors always talking about when certain actors are putting on dresses. Like, they gonna put me on the dress, and you hear people like Paul Mooney and people like that put on that dress, put on that dress, because there have been movies where black actors have put on dresses. Mm-hmm. Um, Eddie Murphy in the, in the Clumps. Um, Wesley Snipes did it in Two Long Fu. Two Long Fu. Um, Martin did Martin it on his show. Big Mama's, um, Big Mama's House and on his show. Yeah. Tyler Perry. That's like probably, Tyler Perry's the, probably most... the most famous one now. Um, and he was criticized for being yeah, for that too. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I mean, but that's another Jim thing. Jim Fox did it when he was mm-hmm. like, uh, There have been multiple times where black comedians or actors have put on a dress. You know who also put on a dress? Tom Hanks. No. Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze. Um, who is it? Uh, Dustin Hoffman. Oh, yeah. Dustin Hoffman won an Oscar for it. Tootsie. Tootsie. Tom Hanks is probably one of the greatest actors of all time. He's definitely my favorite actor of all time. Mm-hmm. Here's my thing. I understand as black people, we tend to look for things that are going, like, we tend to have our antennas up for things that are going to, quote-unquote, make us look bad. Mm-hmm. Or make us look insulting. <clears throat> like, things that we feel are insulting or whatever the case may be. I understand that there is some something where in eight in us where we say, oh, shit, they doing that because I'm black. And I get it because a lot of times they are. Mm-hmm. I understand that it's a reality as a black man or a black person in this fucking country. However, we tend to reach for things that are the scapegoat for other things. The reality is for is every black person that has put on a dress in the movie, there are probably as many, if not more, white people. So my question becomes, why is it demasculating when a black man does it, but not when a white man does it? Like, I guess it, it's probably a slight mentality, but I'll speak as an actress. A lot of times when men do that, or, or as far as like they put on a wig and put on a dress, and then if it becomes very popular, then they start to continue to do more content and whatnot, then it becomes an issue like, whoa, he does it too good. Is he is he gay? Are you on the DL? That becomes stuff? a conflict. That's, that's a you thing, man. Mm-hmm. Because Eddie Murphy did it multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, Martin did it more, multiple times. Nobody ever said, are you gay? Not Tyler Perry did, but people already had questions about Tyler Perry anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that's, and that's a whole other issue because I think part of that had to do with the fact that 
Top Fury World plays, and somehow black men tend to think that if you're uh, a like you're a plays or some shit, something's wrong, like feminism. I used to be a dumb shit. Okay. I guess dumb. Um, no, like, none of these things make sense. But, not at all. My thing is this part of being a man is being comforting your sexuality no matter what the fuck you're doing. For example, back when back when I worked at one of my old jobs, we had a gay a boy. Mm-hmm. He was really just kind of coming out when he came to our store, mm-hmm. and he really like his personality really started showing. He really got comfortable with who he was. Right. Right. So he was he had got promoted. He was moving to Florida. So we wanted to have a going away for him. So some of our the girls in our store was like, "Yo, we should take him to Minjo's for like a going away." <laughs> and so a lot of the guys are like, "Nah, man, just a fucking going to gay bar. What the fuck? We can't go there." My manager, me, and a couple other people were like, "Shit, we'll go. What the fuck? Let's go." We had a fucking ball. Mm-hmm. But it's a certain level of comfort in knowing who the fuck you are that you're not worried about that shit. Some people are not comfortable in those spaces. My thing is this, and I'm gonna tell men, and black men especially, gay men don't want you. They may think you're attractive as hell, mm-hmm. but if they don't know you're gay, they're probably not gonna approach you. Cause guess what, gay men are not as dismissive of signals as men are. And that's the issue, is that men, because men are so overly fucking aggressive, mm-hmm. they think shit. If I see something attractive, I'm going to go get it, even if I don't know she likes me. Because they have that mentality, they assume that gay men have that exact same mentality. And that's why they're always so nervous around gay men, or they feel like, oh, that gay man wants me. He's not going to do the dumb shit that you do as a man and be all in your fucking grill, even though you're telling him to go away. Mm -hmm. That's what y'all do. And men project that shit on gay men because that's how they act. Y'all act like y'all don't fucking hear if a woman rejects you, if a woman ignores you. Y'all act like assholes, and y'all get overly aggressive and overly in their fucking face yeah. and overly all, and just being fucking jerks. So because y'all feel that way, for somehow y'all predict that same shit to think the gay men are going to do the same thing to you if you reject them. It's like, y'all get uncomfortable, and it's like, look, nigga, if you know you ain't gay, you ain't gay. Hey, look, I'm not gay. I'm sorry. Simple as that. It's a simple no. But because y'all don't take no for an answer when they come to women, y'all expect the gay men I'm gonna do the same thing to you. Mm-hmm. Y'all women tell y'all know y'all wanna shoot them. Right. Y'all y'all egos hurt. Y'all don't like rejection. Y'all can't take rejection. Y'all can't take me told no. A woman be wouldn't give you her fuck. The fact that women give guys their numbers just because they're afraid of how they react, they're gonna react if they say no. Right. Bullshit. It is. It's fucked up. Because you men have made it so uncomfortable for women to just say fucking no that they feel like they have to say yes and give you a number even if they know they don't, they don't want to do with you because they know. And the thing is, the niggas that know they shouldn't, they, the woman probably don't know, are the same niggas that be like, yeah, call me, I'm call you right now. Right. Make sure the number you gave me, because they know that this woman probably don't want to be bothered with them because she's uncomfortable as hell, but she only really acquiescing because she's afraid if you if she tells you no, you gonna react wrong. Right. And the sad part about that is then the blame falls on the woman because they're gonna be like, why was she out by herself or what was she doing? She shouldn't have gone there and whoop de whoop like. 
affected a woman cannot live her life and go through her days on a regular fucking day and just go with the fuck she needs to do and take care of shit and she always had to have security or extra person with her is bullshit and it speaks to the fact that she men are predators yes that's what that speaks to mm-hmm. that doesn't speak to her yet but that also gets people always want to blame the victim of the shit exactly they want a victim blame they want to blame a person who was the victim of the fucking aggression or the mistreatment or the abuse or whatever it is it's always the blaming the victim and never holding accountable the people who actually did the dumb shit and that's why we're so fucked up now in society like we we're so quick to say oh what what were you doing Mm-hmm. Why were you doing that? Yep. What were you wearing? What did you do to provoke him? Which is, yeah, which is uh, why a lot of sexual assault rape victims don't want to come forward. Well, survivors, I would say. They're afraid to come forward because every time that happens, it's... What did you do to provoke him? What did you wear? Why were you there by yourself? Like... Nigga, I could, like, a woman can come out butt naked on me, she had to need to fucking rape her. Exactly. Oh, like, nigga, what the fuck are you doing anything? Like, we have to get to I feel, point. she feel comfortable the other day, it's like, you know what? I look good as shit. I'm walking up this bitch with my ass out. So fucking what? Right. And that's another thing men need to understand. And newsflash. Women don't do every fucking thing for y'all. Right. If a woman wears a tight-ass dress or a nice-ass dress tonight, or she got her cleavage out, or she just, like, looking dolled up, and she wearing her fucking best heels. We do it for ourselves. She's doing that shit because she's feeling herself today, nigga. Exactly. because she want to impress your dumb ass. Mm Mm-hmm. And until you niggas learn that and figure that shit out, this shit going to still be fucked up. Because all you niggas think that women do shit for y'all. They don't. Right. They don't, and that's the, this this whole. And like I said, goes back to what we were saying earlier. So many women back in the day were taught that everything they did was to get the attention of a man. Mm-hmm. You niggas still are living in 1965 or 1865, right? BC. Whatever. I know everything a woman does is not to get your fucking attention, and a woman will make it clear to you when she's trying to get your attention. Exactly. Sometimes women just want to go hang out with their friends and, and have fun. Mm-hmm. And not worry about niggas. But you niggas don't understand that. You was some shit. She got that nice ass dress on. Her ass poking out. Oh, she got her shit, her tits showing today. She want my attention. Mm-hmm. She wasn't thinking about you when she left the fucking crib. She wasn't thinking about you when she was in the car. She wasn't thinking about when she was getting um, getting to the club. She wasn't thinking about she was wanting to eat. Nigga, she wasn't, you wasn't the first, last, or fucking third thing on her fucking mind today. Right. Until you niggas realize that and learn that shit, it's going to be on the same bullshit um, on a situation because you niggas think everything revolves around y'all. And it don't. Don't vote on me. No, no, none of us. It don't revolve around men at all. And the fucking thing is, men seem to understand that. Because a lot of guys just don't. Maybe everything's about them. And also, until society makes it normal as society always telling a woman you need to learn how to act like a lady so a man doesn't disrespect you it needs to start becoming normal to tell a man you need to learn how to keep your dick in your pants and when a woman says no she means no I need to understand what that well of course in society's terminology like well if you want a man to respect you 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 act a certain way you carry yourself in a dignified manner you don't wear certain things when you're going out to certain places so you don't attract that type of unwanted attention. I don't, a woman can literally, there are enough women who have literally said, 
I go out looking my worst. I got a hair wrap on. Mm-hmm. I got sweats on. I, my nails ain't done. I go to the fucking gas station and niggas is on me. Yeah, that's so happened to me before. It don't fucking matter what a woman is wearing. Exactly. She can have on a big ass coat and thick. You can't see now one curve. But if you are even, it, it, you don't even have to be. You honestly don't even have to be cute. Right. And a nigga will still try to holler because mm-hmm. that's what niggas yeah. do. Mm-hmm. That's it. It don't fucking matter. Yeah. So the whole idea that if you dress more appropriately, then a man, uh, then certain men want to go and come to you is bullshit. It very much so. Fucking bullshit. I can attest to that. Yeah, so, man. like, frustrating. But back to my point about Brandon T. Jackson in general, I just need niggas to stop making excuses. Like, nigga, your career just wasn't meant to be like you had you had a little next run there and this shit didn't work out and that's fine mm-hmm. own that shit but telling saying it, it everything in your life turned because you put a dress on nigga you talking about the movie wasn't that great nigga you was going to do a big mama's house movie what big mama's house movie you thought was great right, right. What the fuck are you talking definitely about? not the first one nigga the first second third whatever i mean motherfucker was none of niggas was great theater they were never going to be mm-hmm. nigga it's big fucking models out. Right. It was like he was trying to do his own version of Nutty Professor. Did you want to do your idea? No. Niggas is stupid. And niggas that, and, and my other thing is the niggas want to latch on their shit. See, they trying to always do, do masculine black men. And again, I point out more white men that put on that fucking dress. And also, just for you people who don't know your history, Men dressing up in, as women has been happening since the dawn of acting. Yes, if you guys want to know, um, back before, like, when Shakespeare and Aristotle and all those playwrights and Greek mythology and all that stuff was existing back in the days, women were not allowed to perform on stage. So when you would see plays like Romeo and Juliet, guess who was playing Juliet? A man. And it didn't mean that it was gay. Right. But that was the role he had because they weren't they didn't have women, they couldn't women weren't allowed to be on stage. Mm-hmm. So again, this is not a new thing. It didn't just start with black people. It has literally been going on for fucking ever. Mm-hmm. So you niggas need to stop using that as a scapegoat or as another example as to why they are trying to quote unquote demasculate, um, demasculate or um emasculate um black men, which mm-hmm. is Look, there are ways in which that is happening in this society, and I understand. But two things that are not doing it. The gay agenda just exists, and black actors putting on dress. Mm-hmm. It just, it just, it's not happening. Guess what? Those things are a myth. Both of them. Fuck off. Expeditiously. <laughs> so. Niggas. Uh... But um, what, where are we moving to now? So, all right. So, um, <sighs> fucking Popeyes. Oh yeah, of course. So, as most of you probably know by now, Popeyes Chicken Sandwich has made its illustrious return. Mm-hmm. As of last Sunday, it is back. November church. Um, Popeyes made an announcement that they were going to be uh, 
and bringing it back and they hired 400 or so new additional workers to help with the 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 influx of people and so ever since then you've seen multiple videos of fights breaking out at Popeyes a man lost his life for cutting lines Uh, Popeyes a woman nearly pretty much crashed her car in the drive through trying to cut to get in the line so there have been a lot of viral videos, people fighting, aggression, things like that happening. Mm-hmm. And so people are saying these people are crazy, it's just a fucking sandwich, and blah, blah, blah. So I want to address that first and foremost. At some point, y'all are going to realize this is not about the fucking sandwich. It stopped being about the sandwich about three months ago. Yeah. This is now about advertising and marketing. It is about FOMO. And for people that don't know what FOMO means, it means fear of missing out. So, for one, my first issue is we need to stop making this a a nigga thing. Because first of all, it's not just black people. It's white people. There are white there are people. It's Asians. All these races it's Arabs. The only ones you may see, the most, the majority ones you see on video are black people. Because guess what? Y'all need little niggas who keep running back cameras and recording the fucking thing. Exactly. And it just so happens that most Popeyes are in the hood. Mm-hmm. First thing. Um, and plus, y'all make it too easy for uh, white people because there's already this correlation supposedly between chicken and black people. So <laughs> now y'all just adding on to the and exacerbating this shit by posting these fucking videos and people fighting about Because he's the white man. Like, so you know. that's the first thing. Second thing, as I just stated, this is not about the sandwich. Because guess what? I don't give a fuck how good the sandwich is or not. All this shit has nothing to do with the sandwich. First and foremost, we don't know. Popeyes didn't do this shit. This all started because a few people got on Twitter and commented how they thought the Popeye sandwich was better than Chick-fil-A. Was better than Chick-fil-A. It started an online debate and everybody in my life said, oh shit, and it just got, it went by a slitter match. And the shit went viral from there, and everybody in Mama started talking about this fucking sandwich. Yeah, because before that, I think the sandwich was Mama, already that out for sandwich had been out for two months. I had one of those sandwiches two weeks before this happened, and I really only bought it. I was buying something else. And I just said, let me want a sandwich. Let me want whatever. Mm-hmm. Didn't think shit else of it. Right. Two weeks later, the whole fucking world was talking about this. Yeah, that's why I was confused, and I was like, And ah. it really happened just for one person. It's just like, um... I don't know if you've worked in corporate America. You've you worked. You of course. Right? So, somebody uh, sends an email out. Mm-hmm. And it can be one of those really large distribution lists. And so, somebody replies to all saying, hey, take me off of this distribution list. Mm-hmm. Another person replies to all, hey, take me off this distribution list. And after 15 people do that, another 30 say, stop replying to all to tell us to like to take your distribution list. Mm-hmm. And then another 50 say, stop replying to all to tell us to stop replying to all. And it keeps going, yep. and it keeps going, and it keeps going. Mm-hmm. The only difference is at some point that shit stopped. I know it happened once on one of my old jobs, and it got to the point where our senior director said, Motherfucker, if another person replied to all, y'all gonna have a call for me. Ooh. So, but it's, I've seen it happen. I am actually surprised it hasn't happened since I've been on my current job. 
I like because I despise Reply to All Hosts. Me too. And it makes no fucking sense. This Reply to All Hosts me want to watch it. Exactly. Okay. But people are dumb. People are stupid. So, um, it's the same concept. It started with a lit match. Somebody said it. Somebody responded. Somebody else responded. And it just kept going. And the people commented to the point where it just went fucking crazy. And that's how things go viral in the society we live in today. So, again, it is not about the sandwich anymore. Just it is about football. People don't want to miss out on this thing, on this craze that everybody says is the best thing ever. You know how many other times this has happened? This literally shit happens every few years. You remember Tickle Me Elmo? Another fucking craze that people were doing dumb shit to get. Beating people's asses on Black Friday. Fighting, fighting for a fucking, fucking Elmo dog that laughs. Toys are fucking us. <laughs> fucking Tickle Me Elmo. That just literally laughs. They did that. the best buy back in the day. I saw people quite up a little 20 inch fucking TV VCR combos that wasn't worth fucking $15. And they are literally strapping over the last one. Um. I think I remember, it, the clip is actually on YouTube too, but uh, the Today Show, um, they had did the interview about this was during when the Cabbage Patch, Kid, uh, Cabbage Patch Kids first came out and how this was during Black Friday and that was like one of the hottest toys back in the 80s. And literally, it was a clip, uh, and I forgot which um, ball it was at, but as soon as they opened the doors, people were stampeding each other. That still happens in some places. Most, yeah. most companies have gotten better at organizing their, their Black Friday deals mm-hmm. and their openings, but there are still some places where they open that fucking door, people just run in. Yep. Um, yeah, my first Black Friday, I still have nightmares about working my first Black Friday. <laughs> oh, I think we all had nightmares for our I'm Black Friday. in the fucking morning, I'm in the back of the store, they open that fucking door, all I hear is footsteps, next time I know it's fucking 30 people in front of me out of nowhere, like a fucking pack of hyenas, I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> the reality is this, that is how consumerism works in our country. Exactly. There is something that gets big, that gets a lot of fucking attention, regardless of what it is, it could be uh, um, uh, electronic, it could be a food, it could be a song, it could be anything that just gets so big that everybody and their mom wants to be a part of it, which is the FOMO part of it that I just spoke about. And yep. so this chicken sandwich just happens to fall into that category now where everybody's heard about it, everybody's heard, oh my God, it's so good, and they also see everybody else talking about it. Mm-hmm. So now they want to be a part of the craze because they missed out the first time. This three-month hiatus just made it worse because yep. now the supply and demand thing kicks in. It's the same thing that happens with the iPhone. When I sold iPhones back in the day, they only gave you so many. So we would get so many, and then we'd be sold out, and then we have to piecemeal them out, we have to do orders. And so the more, the less we had, the more people came wanting this shit. It's the point of, you're going to give a little, because you know people are going to want more, and it's going to get, it's going to make them want more, because now they're thinking, oh shit, there are only a limited number of these, so I really got to have one, because I got to be a part of it. It's the same thing with Jordans. They all, they never have enough. Oh. Run out. Oh, and so you, they, they, they run out their initial shipments and then next thing you know it's two weeks before they get more three weeks before they get more and so people always want to be the first to get one because they built up such a craze over these things because again FOMO mm-hmm. so this is no different what I want people to stop doing is, is tying this to some racial thing 
to satisfy people so you know what would happen. Mm-hmm. After so many people don't get it, they're going to say, well, fuck it. We can't do it. Because it's one thing if you do it for a few weeks and you build up enough people saying and, and, and talking about it. It's another thing when you do it for a few days and you, you be like, I can't keep up with volume. Now, what you going to do? Right. They're not going to wait for you to, um, to hire more people. They're not going to wait for you to build um, get more equipment so you can mass produce this shit. So what's going to happen is they're going to move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas with the Popeye sandwich, there was at least a three to four week period of people talking about the sandwich and everybody in the world was getting it. So then the people that missed out are like, fuck. Right. We missed out. Mm-hmm. So they're waiting. They're waiting. So when it comes back, oh shit, my chance is back. It's different because it's yeah, they already like so like people want to boil this down to a black owned business or a local business thing versus a national retailer. And really what it boils down to is access. Mm-hmm. For example, like I told you earlier, my favorite, the best sandwich I have ever had in my life was from Ike's. I know. This Ike's loving sandwich in fucking Bay Area. My best this wasn't Ike Turner's. Uh, <laughs> best friend's um, friend Ike, who owns a bunch of restaurants in the Bay Area in California. Mm-hmm. I've literally been talking every time he pulls a fucking and he's at Ike's. I literally say, motherfucker, if you don't send me a sandwich or you don't get Ike's to open a restaurant over here, nigga, I will help him open. I don't fucking care. <laughs> Shit, just get Ike's here. Mm-hmm. I have literally been begging him to do that for each ever since I had a fucking sandwich there because they're so fucking good. But guess what? I can't get an ice sandwich here. So as much as I may want to, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to go to California whenever I want to. Right. So it's, it's the same thing. Ice is great, and it's great there. For example, for the longest time, what form? We don't have Jack in the Box. No, we don't. We would see. We used to see Jack in the Box advertisements here. Of course. For a while, the reason being is because Qdoba is owned by Jack in the Box. Uh, That's what's going to But if you're a person who wanted Jack in the Box and you saw Jack in the Box um, ads, you'd be like, "Shit, I want to go to Jack in the Box." That's what you couldn't fucker. Like, so all of the advertising in the fucking world is not going to be effective if I don't have access to it. So I can post and talk about my local chicken set restaurant who has the best chicken sandwich I've ever had to the fucking cows come home. Mm-hmm. And guess what? That shit won't matter to somebody who's on the other side of the country who have no access to it. Exactly. What will happen is that if I talk about it enough, they may say that one time they come to Michigan, they may say, let me try that place. It's the same idea when you watch uh, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Of course. Or Man versus Food. Like, you, you, you find out about these places around the country, so then people, when they travel, they may go there. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Exactly. But again, we live in Detroit. Detroit is not a travel destination yet. Nope, not at so, all. Unless you're white. Until, until that happens... <laughs> They're not gonna know about yeah. So y'all can post as many ads as y'all want. Y'all can post as many interviews about hey, I'm entering the chicken sandwich debate. No, you're entering the chicken sandwich debate between the, the niggas you know around the corner. <laughs> oh, nigga, that's about the extent of your reach uh-huh. when it comes to your chicken sandwich. Is the niggas who know about it in your area, the niggas who've been there, the niggas who can who tell people they've been there, and that's it. I can tell niggas around. I can I, if I tell you I had an amazing. Outback. Outback. You can go to an Outback where you live and and see if it was that good. Right. It might be made differently. Exactly, because every. That's another thing about it. I don't think people understand.
understand that all fast food restaurants don't operate the same. They don't, and even if they do, they, they do get the same ingredients, though. So yeah, the but most, their prices also are their different. Their prices are different based on where you live. That's one thing. But the ingredients, for the most part, at most fast food chains are the same. Yeah, but the way they cook it. The way they, I mean, they usually cook it the same way. It's usually, it, it, the only time it varies is when you get into an actual restaurant, like a Red Lobster, things mm-hmm. like that, because that's a little different. Yeah. That is based on how the chef cooks it. These rest actually, like McDonald's, Burger King, White Castle, they get the same shit. They, they get mm-hmm. the instructions to cook it the exact same way. So for the most part, you're going to get the exact same food because it's literally the same shit. Unless somebody has Unless something does, does some shit, that's not going to be done. Right. For the most part, they have very strict guidelines on how you're supposed to cook it, higher what temperature, all that shit to make sure it tastes the way people are used to it tasting. Mm-hmm. However, and that happens with the larger chains. When you have chains who have 50,000 restaurants everywhere, you can do that. You can do that. Yep. But if you have said a local place, you have one place. So yeah, my part tastes the same when I make it here, but if I open another place on the other side of the country, and it's somebody else cooking it. Yeah. You sure it's the same? Exactly. Because, again, this is a restaurant. It's not a fast food place. Mm-hmm. So that means they're getting ingredients, but they're chef. Because I can give you the same recipe as a chef. And it may still be different because some chefs just cook differently. Exactly. Your equipment may be different. Like, there are things that can change. So these are the things that people need to take into account. So while I understand y'all want to take every time opportunity y'all can to take shots of you who don't support. First and foremost, I get it, look, not what I will say, uh, is yes, you should support your local businesses, you should support yes. your local black businesses. Agreed. I fully support that. What I'm not going to go for, you niggas making every excuse y'all can, is say, well, y'all are so worried about this chicken sandwich, well, y'all can eat that. And, then, and it gets to the same people that always say, see, this chicken sandwich is a distraction. The white man. It's always Blame the white man. distracting y'all from the fact that the the Asiatic black man is king <laughs> and yo and somebody was gunned down and yeah, the government yeah, set it up the government yeah it was all from ISIS and Epstein didn't kill himself like and all he did that's not the point yeah. the point is, <laughs> the point is they're, not, uh, they're not letting that go though they're not I mean but he didn't so I mean if white people were saying it you know it's true Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, a dude on fives, a white guy was interviewing my dog, and he's like, oh, yeah, and everybody else didn't kill himself. And they're like, oh, well. Uh. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, you Stay know. woke, people. But again, again, I digress. You people are funny. You people are funny. This is why social media is a gift and a curse, because. Because people just read some shit and say, see, you're right, Ken. You're right. You're right. But that, that's the problem, though. People don't read. Well, they don't. They, they don't read. like they to don't. read what's important. They only like to read when it's gossip and drama filled. They'll they'll know every single bit of what Ray Ray said about Pookie, but actually, I was just actually just one of the things I want to touch on. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna start off for you niggas. Whatever one of you niggas share fake news story, I'm gonna fuck <laughs> Or don't read the dates on the articles. Sherman Hensley's been dead for ten years. It might not even be 10 years, but at this point, it might be 10 years. This nigga's been dead, and y'all multiple, y'all killed him multiple times. Mm-hmm. Y'all got so bad, this shit's important. People actually got what we don't know if we should believe it or not, because you niggas keep sharing fake news stories. 
<laughs> oh shit! So and so died. Yeah, the dude, the dude, um, the dude from um, do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Died two years ago. Yep. He just died. That wasn't recent. Mm-mm. Wasn't this year. Nope. Yeah, you know that other person? He died six years ago. Mm-hmm. Y'all niggas need to stop doing this shit, dog. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand you don't know, but you don't have to share it. Right. Before you share it, check the date. Actually, read the shit you're sharing. I've made the mistake once. And I, told I think we've all done it. I've made it once or twice early on. So I'm going to do this shit again. I had to get on Brett away about that shit on our on fucking Instagram because he had posted some shit that wasn't true. And I said, dog, we can't do that. Mm. Like, we not going to be no people that just share anything just because we see the shit. Because it's fake news. Well, I'm not I'm not doing the fake news thing. Right. Because it's just reality. Like, dog, y'all need to... Because the source is being informed, and I'm not about to be one of you misinformed, y'all. Mm-hmm. No, nah, it's not about my platform. Right. You niggas need to re- like read this shit y'all sharing before y'all, because I'm going to start holding you niggas accountable for the dumb shit y'all doing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just start off front of niggas. Like, you know what? I was going to, first of all, this shit happened five years ago. No, this shit is not true. But thank you for posting this. I'm going to infringe you now. And even with the, uh, now the new one is uh, Betty White dies. Which is spelled D-Y-E-S. You niggas need a spell check. Because I'll be some funny memes out there. Yes. But I'll be releasing the shit on bitches looking at because I'm the, the fucking spelling is fucking atrocious. Mm-hmm. And look, I don't like, I mean, I do, but I don't like being a grammar Nazi. I really don't. But you niggas be terrible to uh, Well, no, I think they did that on purpose, though, because they, they were just not just that one. I don't speak yeah. in general. It's oh, not yeah. just that one. It is so many times where I'll be like, you niggas can't spell. Just in general, mm-hmm. you niggas on social media can't spell. Period. It's one thing if you're doing abbreviations, if you're talking it like there's a but sometimes you niggas can't spell. First of all, loose and lose are not the same fucking word. Uh R. R. People don't use the, the correct form of R or two. Like loose and lose is the most common one in black nigga. Or they make a single woman women. There's so many times that just wanna slap. Everybody. But oh you can't correct them because hey, social media light up just as in an English class. I don't fucking care. Yeah, but then you now you look like an uneducated Negro who should have like, never graduated. Like I said. And then I don't remember one time somebody was criticizing somebody I'm talking about people's grammar, but she she used to go to uh, she's the wrong word in the name stuff. You can't criticize people when you fuck up. Fuck and fuck. then you fuck it up. That's stupid. So but no. Um yeah, I'm gonna start like this fake new shit is annoying because you niggas just keep sharing shit. Oh my god, I can't believe this. Or oh, really, that's what's going on? Mm-hmm. Did you even read this article? Right. Did you check? Like, some of your sites that you did your satire. Exactly. Onion, the onion. onion that's like. fucking satire site. Yeah. Y'all niggas keep sharing shit from me. Oh, really? I can't believe it. And I know you can't believe this. It's just not true. Because you don't fucking read. You don't like, take the time reading out. Reading is not that hard. It's not. But he again. from class act, they got his ass beat, said reading is fundamental. Mm-hmm. It is. But people only like to read when it's drama-based or something juicy, which is sad. And that also, again, goes to show you the mentality of today's society. I just want, I want y'all to be better. I want to be better. Mm-hmm. Really not for anything other than just not to annoy me. Because <laughs> I really don't want to have to unfriend all you niggas, but I will. Yeah. It'll literally be me, my evil brotherhood, friend, or family, and a couple other niggas, and I'll be it. Because you niggas are terrible at fucking English. Like, terrible. 
terrible. <laughs> terrible. Like, you gotta use the Charles, Charles Barkley. Barkley. Terrible. <laughs> like, 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 terrible. Like, terrorizing terrible. Oh, my God. But yeah, I just I'm gonna start unfriending niggas. It's just like like and I hate being that, that guy, but I really I'm gonna be that guy. No, it is annoying because people should know better because at the end of the day you're adults. Um nobody's here to hold your little hand, so it's okay to educate yourself and inform yourself. Why do y'all do um, feel like What the fuck are we doing? Exactly. Uh, sometimes people type fast. Or and, if, or, 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 but if you're posting a meme, you have time to prove it. Yes, that is true. Um, uh, also, just so y'all know, I'm, I'm going to tell y'all this because a lot of niggas don't understand it. I've seen what they do. You can edit your comments on Facebook. That is true. I've done that several times before. When I see people, instead of editing their comment, they'll post another comment to correct. Yeah, and I'm like, uh... Nigga, if you press and hold on the comments you just made, yeah. there's an edit option. But again, people are slow and special. I don't... The correction to what you wanted to say, just edit the original. Mm-hmm. But again, people are special. You don't see your name twice when you did the same thing. They don't, they don't know. They don't know. You put a star to it next to us on both of them. Like, nigga, the fuck, dog? I literally did, deleted a whole post, motherfucker. Yes, bro, me no, too. No, no, I'm I deleted a whole fucking post. Well, not on Facebook, but on like Instagram. Because, like, I, I'll delete a whole fucking post. I, uh, I um, this was several weeks back. I had deleted my stories from both Instagram and Facebook because for some reason, like, I was in a rush and I was trying to promote for the Our Voices showcase and I spelled November wrong. I don't know how I fucking did it, but when I went back, I had an extra E in November and I already had people watching my stories. I said, I can't fly with this shit, so I'm just gonna hit the it's a certain pride that's taking not being an idiot. Exactly, right. but I guess... And maybe I don't, it's fine. I don't, that's, that's I, I can't criticize if I don't realize what I can do is I can take that shit away from my life. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, again, but that's about how much dignity and respect you have for yourself that's as a person. maturity. That's another thing. Maturity. Maturity. So. That's what my social studies teacher, he always pronounced it as mature. He never mature. said mature. Mature. Um, so maturity. So it was funny. Um, and I, and I think about this, it's really not even anything serious, but um, this is funny how shit changes when you grow up. Mm-hmm. Like some of the shit we thought was crazy when we were kids or younger, or shit we thought we would never do. Mm-hmm. And it's like changed. So, for example, this is a random shit. When I was in like junior high, I want to all the boys was talking about fucking. Like, oh shit, you know, I'm If you mention eating pussy, oh no, nigga, we don't do that shit. Nah, niggas ain't doing that shit. Nah, niggas don't do that shit. That was the thing. Niggas were apparently eating pussy back when we was younger. That was a bad thing. You was a whole ass nigga. You was a simp if you ate pussy. That was the thing. That when I was in school, that wasn't like, you grew up while you're younger, for one. Mm-hmm. So you grew up in the era where we was talking about pussy all the time. <laughs> but even even in hip hop, yeah, hip hop niggas didn't rap niggas didn't talk about eating pussy. They yeah, called, they they called the R and B niggas was the niggas that was going to eat pussy. Like rap niggas, like they they don't eat pussy. They was they back in the day, you would never hear a uh, rap nigga talk about eating pussy. They would always talk about how the R and B niggas on niggas eating pussy. Mm. That was the thing. not even uh, two life crew. 
No, never. They thought I getting head. Oh, yeah, of course they did. I'm a fucking... Call people hoochie mouths. pussy. Rap niggas for whatever reason. And maybe I, my niggas did, but as far as, like, yo, rap niggas, when they saw my fucking, they never wanted to, like... And they talked about rapping, like, pussy eating as a... A rap, like a R&B nigga thing. Like rap niggas didn't do that shit. <laughs> like I said, even when I was in junior high, like early high school. That is interesting. As you, like, as you get older into high school, like later, like mid to late high school, niggas like, yeah, nigga, fuck. But back when I was younger, uh-huh. that shit was looked upon as, oh, nigga, you, you eat pussy, fuck all that, niggas don't eat, eat no fucking pussy. Like niggas, claim, that was they claim the fame. Like it was a big thing. And even if they probably were just not saying shit mm-hmm. and just talking shit in front of front of their friends, the fact that you even felt like they had to do that was fucked up. Yeah. Like, you don't care now. They just talking about the shit. Lil Wayne and made whole songs about putting people. Of course. Well, I mean, now, now to think about it, because for the longest time, uh, well, until I got into my mid-20s, I thought oral sex was, well, giving a guy fellatio was disgusting. A lot of women did. Yeah. A lot of women did, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, no. Now it's just, okay. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> but what, where was this point going? No, I just, it's just I was, well, it was just one thing, but it's just funny how things we thought we would never do when we were kids. Oh, yeah, the whole never say never thing. Or different, um... It's still hilarious to me that nerds were in the world. Like, you got the hardest rap niggas in the world that love wrestling. You got the hardest mm. rap niggas in the world who are anime fans. Yep. Like, back when we were kids, watching wrestling or being a fan of anime, mm-hmm. Dragon Ball Z and all that shit. It was whack. That wasn't, you were a nerd. And it's like bad women who are anime. Shoot, Meg Thee Stallion is an anime fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, there are fine-ass women, bad-ass women who every nigga want to try to fuck. Right. Who are anime fans, who are fucking nerds, and, and talk about that shit mm-hmm. openly. That shit wasn't the case when I was a kid. Right. Like, that was a... You wouldn't talk about that shit. You wasn't, you wasn't cool if you watched that shit. Mm-hmm. You wasn't cool if you liked these things. Like, you were a nerd and nobody... And you got shunned because of that shit. The Revenge of the Nerds. Like, all that shit was a... Like, it was a different thing. But it's crazy to me... How things change. Of course. Like, over the years, like, as we get older and things become more acceptable or just widely, like, hey, everybody does this or everybody's into this thing now. It's like, oh, shit. Right. So, I was just thinking about it. It's like, it's crazy to me, like, how it's, like, it's funny because we've always just joked that nerds would take over the world. really have. Mm -hmm. In so many different ways, like... I mean, it's just it's just funny to me. You know, I just think about like, damn, that's crazy. Um, but that was it. Um, so one thing. So you know who Amanda Seals is, right? Yes. So um, and this is kind of speaking to accountability. So Amanda Seals, she's a. Uh, Amanda Seals has been on for a while. She used to be Amanda Dila. She yeah. was um, she said she kind of was a rap. Um, Slash six. Almost to ain't Tree, but I kind of laughed at the story she told about that. Yeah, I don't know about that. But all I know is she was like, she covered rap for a long time mm-hmm. in hip-hop and music. And then she's, she's a comedian now. She yeah. also is an actress. She's all insecure. Mm-hmm. 
So recently there was a, a, a Hollywood party for the Emmys or something. It was the only black party for the Emmys that night. Okay. And, and Insecure was there. The stars of Insecure was there. And I guess she was trying to get in and she couldn't get in. And I guess the there was something where there was somebody there who didn't like her or something to that effect where they didn't let her in. She couldn't get in the party. Mm-hmm. So recently she went to the Breakfast Club and I guess the other people have come out and said that she's toxic, they don't like being around her, they don't like working with her, or people just, she's a bitch, or just different things about her. Mm-hmm. And so she went to the Breakfast Club recently and she kind of said, you know, I can't really speak to how people take me or how people feel about me. Like, and a lot of people criticize Charlamagne for not really holding her accountable, really putting her feet to the fire, or her just not being aware. Because she said, "Is it? Is it?" Because Charlamagne asked her, "Is it possible that you know you don't? You know, some of the things you do, you just don't get." And I think the biggest thing for me, just from what I got from the interview, or just the situation in general, is some people are oblivious to how they affect people. Yeah, they are. Some people are totally oblivious to how things come off because. People, some people focus too much on their intent. Mm-hmm. So if I didn't intend, intend to hurt your feelings, then why are you mad? Right. If I had no intention on upsetting you, then why are you mad? If I didn't intend to offend you, then why are you mad? Your intention don't matter for fucking hell of beans in this world, as, us, as they say. Yeah. Because your intention don't matter to the person who was affected by what you did. Exactly. And that is the thing that people don't seem to understand. People want to absolve themselves of responsibility because their intent was not anything um, mischievous, like evil or ill. They didn't have any ill intent. Mm-hmm. They didn't mean anything by it or whatever words they want to use. So they, they, they hold on to that and they say, well, because I didn't intend to hurt your feelings, why are you mad? Again, your intention don't mean shit to the person who is affected by your behavior, by your actions, by your antics, or whatever it may be. Because that person, you can't do things and then be mad at how people react to it if that's how they take it. And that's something I have to learn because I have a, I have a very strong, I'm a very strong little person. Yes, you are. I have a very strong personality. Mm-hmm. Everybody can't take my personality. I'm aware of that. I'm, and that's something I had to come to grips with at a very young age because once I came into who I was going to be, I was very set in who I was going to be. Now, the one thing I will say about myself is when it comes to people, if you show, if you, if you, I'm very big on communication. Mm-hmm. So if I do do something that you don't like or something that offends you or affects you in a negative way, tell me. Because... I'm also a firm believer that if I truly care about somebody, I'm willing to compromise and understand. I'm not trying to go, if I'm really truly not trying to hurt your feelings, mm-hmm. I'm going to be open to your feedback first and foremost. And I'm going to do everything I can to adjust so that I don't do whatever said thing was to affect you. Right. I'm not going to change who I am for you, but part of being who I am is also being understanding and being a person who can compromise in certain situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, as long as it doesn't compromise what I believe in or who I am and things like that, I have no problem adjusting and saying, you know what, I understand that that doesn't, you don't like that, so I'm not going to do it. Because it could be something as simple as I juggle off certain things that you just don't like, or I juggle off a certain thing that you're just not comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can say, you know what, I'm not going to talk about said thing around you because I understand something that bothers you or you're something that's dear to you, whatever the reason is, I can still joke about that thing with my friends or whatever, because my friends, they're like me. 
I can say what the fuck I want to my friends for the most part, and they gonna take and, and give give me the shit just as good as I give it. No, right. So it's different with my friends, but that's also why they're my friends. Mm-hmm. I understand everybody can take everything. Now, what I will say is to an extent that would that affect my relationship long term with that person? It could. Because I'm also a firm believer that yes, I can adjust what I do or what I say to an extent around you, um, so that I don't offend you or upset you. But can it be something I do for the rest of my life? Probably not. Right. Because at some point, my thing is going to be, you're going to have to be comfortable with who I am and accept me for who I am, good and bad. Mm-hmm. And if you can't, and, and my bad is not anything terrible. I joke about shit. I, I, I'm i going to talk shit. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk shit. I'm going to make comments randomly just because I see you wear something. I might say something goofy about it. I do this to my employees now. Yeah. Like, you always got something to say. I said, no. I just, it shouldn't come in my head. I react to shit. So you say something, you do something, your hair looks a certain way. I literally learn my employees and be like, I want to have a kid just in your hair now. I'm like, so um, you don't you take care of that? You don't, you don't do something up there just because handle that because wow. it's just not <laughs> yeah, like, but that's, that's, that's that's my employees yeah. know me mm-hmm. and they know I'm not joking with them and they can take it and they give it to me just as good as I give it to them that's a relationship I have with them mm-hmm. everybody can't take it and so I don't if I know you can't take that I'm going to do it to you right so when it comes to relationships though could I see myself being with someone if they couldn't judge probably not yeah. Long term, because I, I feel like for a moment, for a while, I could probably adjust to an extent. But then... At some point, I'm like, can you just... Like, are you going to ever get comfortable? Right, because it's like, you're now? basically, you're not being yourself. Right, 100%. It's like, like, I could try for a while. And then for a while, it might it'll probably work. But then it's like, at some point, I'm going to slip. Because I'm not going to get... At some point, I'm going to get so comfortable to the point where I'm not, not going to think about it. And I want to be able to do that. Right. I feel like if, if I'm dating you or more together, I should get to a point where I can just be myself mm-hmm. 100% of the time. Because I don't want you to do the same thing. So, um, so I think in her case, she may be oblivious to how people feel about or how the things she does are affect other people. I think she doesn't seem to understand that you may... And I think one of the things she kind of used was the whole... And I think she kind of uses it as a scapegoat. The whole people just look at they did black women are a certain way. Well, I'm say yeah, but the other black women are the ones that have a problem with you too. Exactly. So it's ah. the whole black woman excuse doesn't really work in this situation because yeah. if other black women are telling you that you're fucking rude and you're a bitch sometimes, like you probably yeah, she, she just enjoys being the victim. And it's fine. Like and, was, and the victim thing is like, yo, look. Sometimes you're just a jerk, and that's fine. Yeah. But it's easier if you own the fact that you're an asshole. Exactly. Than just making excuses and all. And, and being in denial. Try to explain it out and say, well, you know, I do these things. And some people just don't like it. Or some people can't deal with the way I am. And blah, blah, blah. You're trying to make it seem like, oh, I'm just, I'm a, I'm great. I'm, I'm not the problem. You're the problem. You're the problem. The problem. You, other people just can't deal with who I am. No, right. no, no. Sometimes you're just an asshole. Yeah. I'm aware, but sometimes I'm going to be an asshole. Mm-hmm. I'm very aware of that. I'm I am very comfortable in my skin and know who I am. I know I'm an asshole. I'm not a malicious person at all. By any stretch of your imagination. Probably one of the sweetest people most women know. Being an asshole. Maybe sometimes. Right. 
Get the asshole part of my personality. The smart ass part of my personality. Being who I am is who I am. All those things, and I think sometimes people don't understand that I can be the person who jokes, who talks shit, who be an asshole. I can also be the sweetest person that would do that would get a laugh to anybody I care about. Mm-hmm. Even people I don't care about, I look out for. As far as just when I see somebody hurt, I'm asking. I'm seeing if they're okay. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna check on you, see if you if you good. Like and I'm gonna keep checking to make sure because that's just me, my personality. That same guy can fool around and be a smart ass with the next person. I guess just because of everybody is nobody's one thing all the time. And that's the thing you wouldn't understand. So yeah, in her case, she needs to understand that yeah, you may not intend to upset people. You may not intend to frustrate people. You may not intend to intend to frustrate people or all those things, upset all that shit. However, if people were telling you that what you did affected them in a certain way, at some point you have to listen. Right. Because again, you work in an environment where collaboration is important. Mm-hmm. You're an actor or actress or whatever. So you work on a show. You work in an environment where you have to collaborate and work with these people on a daily basis for how many times out the year, how many months out the year. So when that happens, you need to be able to work together. It's the same thing with the Jason Mitchell kid. Oh yeah. He was on the breakfast call earlier this week, and I think he, I think he's oblivious because he claims he doesn't know what the allegations are. But I think most yeah, it's uh, sexual harassment. Yeah, like, it's a fucking co-star. And he claims that he didn't know that her husband was there on the set because of him. Oh Lord Jesus! Like the the feigning ignorance thing, I don't I don't get because you know most people know what the what the allegations are right like you this whole thing ignorance i wasn't aware i didn't know this was she why he was there i didn't know this how she felt if people tell you directly how they feel and probably they didn't tell you directly but i'm sure someone has because mm-hmm. they they it's been talked about multiple times this is multiple shows where this has happened so and also i'm, I'm also a firm believer where the smoke is fire it is one thing if you had just got you had taken off the show you take up two shows yes. and your management company drops you. Mm-hmm. It's one thing for the show to drop you. Right. For your management company to say, y'all, we can't deal with you. Yeah. That means you've been fucking up. Exactly. So that's different. And people don't feel comfortable working with you. Women well, don't feel and so if you're aggressive and you say, I feel like maybe I am, yeah. you have to be uh, you have to own that shit and try to change it. Mm-hmm. Just saying maybe I am this means you still haven't fully owned your shit. Right. And that's the problem I have with people like that. It's like you have to own your shit at some point. It's a I mean sadly it's a lot of people like that in society because it's it's about the ego and it's about pride because they feel like, well, if they do admit it's embarrassing and people are gonna clown them for that or it, it makes them feel low as a person. And that's why there's so many issues and conflicts because uh, people don't know how to be real and take accountability for what they do. Part of being a strong person, Mm -hmm. part of being a real person, part of being a man, part of being being a strong woman, whatever they want to say, whatever you can make want to use for it. It's only your shit. Yes. It's being able to say, look at the mirror of yourself and say, you know what? You were wrong or you need to change or that was fucked up or right. I was like you have to be able to admit to yourself when you're wrong more than holding anybody else accountable you have to be able to hold yourself accountable for your shit right and if you cannot hold yourself accountable for your shit you are never going to you're not going to ever grow nope. people, there are too many people that stay in the same space or they, they end up not 
progressing in life as far as mentally or emotionally evolving because they are stuck in their same way. They don't own their shit. Mm -hmm. I've made mistakes in relationships. I've been through some really bad relationships. I've made mistakes in my relationships. I've also been fucked over in relationships. But regardless of how many times I've been treated badly, I still have to be able to own the times where I fucked up too. Mm-hmm. And I have to also own it to the people who I fucked up with. Right. That's important. Is that you can play victim, and I can talk about all the bad shit I've been in relationships, all the bad times, but I also have to be honest with those times that I fucked up too, and why I did, and the things I did wrong. Mm-hmm. Because playing victim, only it don't change anything. Because you, you can play, you play victim too long, you can play victim for your life. Yeah. And you're never gonna grow up. You're never gonna mature. You're never gonna. You're never gonna to be a better person or become the person you should be because you're so focused on playing this victim role and playing the role of oh shit everybody screwed me over it was never my fault right sometimes it was your fault yeah and you know it, it only that shit and even if it wasn't your fault in the situation where you really had fucked over there still was other times when you may have had opportunities to be better and for whatever reason you fucked that up because you either weren't like for whatever the reason was it could be anything from hey I was emotionally immature or I was still destroyed over another situation it, whatever the reason was you still have to own the fact that you fucked up at some point mm-hmm. so that process of doing that a lot of people just don't want it they don't want to or they don't understand it either you don't want to do the work it's scary it's it scary is. for a lot of people to look at themselves in the mirror and say hey I gotta fix this or you fucked up or you mm-hmm. did something wrong the one thing I appreciate about my father more than anything is that my father has never sugarcoated anything with me. Mm-hmm. He's never been a parent that just said, hey, son, you do everything right. No, he's made a point to point out when I fuck up too. He's very, mm-hmm. he's very clear in that because as a as a human being, we all make mistakes. And what we, the last thing we need is parents or people in our lives who are going to tell us we're always right. Exactly. You don't spare the rod spoils a child. Because you never, you never grow, you never evolve, you just have a bunch of people telling you good all the time. Mm-hmm. You're not always great. Sometimes you're, you're terrible. Yep. And you have to have people that are going to really, really, really tell you that about yourself. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you don't want to hear it. No. Nope. But sometimes you need to. Yep. And a lot of people just can't deal with that. So hopefully for both of those people, in Jason's situation, I hope he learns to deal with his whatever issues he has and I hope he seeks help. Because he usually has that shit out because yes. he's, he's risking ever having a career again if he doesn't. Exactly. Um, in her case... She needs to actually listen to what people are saying about her. Or she will be blackballed. Or she will be blackballed because it's the same thing with Monique. Monique can talk about all these things about how she's just she's done this, she's done that. Your attitude matters and how you treat people matters. I hate when people try to co-op the whole idea of black women being treated a certain way in Hollywood because yes they are. But don't co-op that whole idea, that whole concept, that whole movement support the fact that yes you are a bitch <laughs> and if you're being a you be you're a bitch to enough people mm-hmm. eventually people are going to stop fucking with you exactly it's just the reality of it it's like you can't treat everybody the way you want or treat everybody like shit and think that shit's never gonna come back to you karma's a bitch it is and so yeah all that shit you've done all this shit you all the times you were rude to this person or rude to that person and you were doing it because you thought you were in a certain position and they're not, mm-hmm. guess what? That shit came back to bite you in the ass and that's where you know you were or you are. And you might be, and you can complain and say it's because you're black. There are a lot of things about when we're doing a lot of great things right now. Exactly. So, 
is it you? And that's the thing. People always want to do that. It's always everybody else's fault. It's never their fault. Mm-hmm. Like, I've made enough mistakes in my life to know when it's been my fault and own that shit. Everybody can't own it. And unfortunately, like, we all make mistakes. We're all guilty of doing things we probably shouldn't have done or things we probably regret. But the, the, the challenge is, can I look at myself in the mirror day to day and say, you know what? I've done the work to get myself to fix the things that I fuck out that I need to fix on my own. And until you do that, a lot of people can't. Right. So one last thing. This is what I wanted Brad's here for, because he's, uh... So years ago, so with the recent, and this is part of the reason I played that song at the beginning, Chelsea Kenny G. Kenny G. Um, which is frustrating growing up, because my name is Ken. And um, <laughs> so having a nigga named Kenny G was really frustrating, because niggas ain't telling that. Nigga Kenny. There are three names I hate in this world. There are three people I hate in this world. Babyface, because his name was Kenneth. Hey, but he was an excellent, he's an excellent songwriter. Yep. He's also a munchkin. So. Kenny G, because my dad's still listening all the time with my old baby face. And fucking Kenny from South Park. <laughs> I started driver's training. Oh, man. Years old. That's so fucking funny. Um, how broad I was at the time. I went to the place out in the suburbs, and this Asian girl in the, in the class was like, Oh, she's training as Kenny. Like, who killed Kenny? Yeah. I had never watched South Park in my life. Didn't know who the fuck she was talking about. Man. And now, from that point on, I hated South Park. Mm-hmm. So, Kenny G re- resurfaced recently because he was on Kanye West's last album, Jesus King. So it made me um, get to talking because um, he's playing in church and Kenny G is an amazing saxophone player. He just is. Yes. Um, so recently, or years ago, me and Brass had a debate. I and remember this. Brass contends that no one has ever got busy to a Kenny G song. And I said, nigga, you were probably created to a Kenny G song. <laughs> Niggas need to understand that that saxophone in the 80s got a lot of names started. <laughs> But he did. He just did. I'm sorry. He he may want to own that shit. He wanted to mix it. I shit. mean, well, uh, he did. I'm sorry. I'll be honest. He's focused because he's focused on that fact that he's Kenny G. He white. Niggas wouldn't think about that. They think about the music. Yeah. That says I found song sixty L. I mean, I, I would say I would not put on a Kenny G song if I'm. Yeah, you wouldn't now. <laughs> Talk about the eighties, nigga. Every song I, I don't think my it. parents, I mean, even though they had all the Kenny G albums, I'm telling you, sure them niggas got that shit popping to Kenny G. Them niggas is like, Kenny But there are so many other people like Marvin and the Ice Brothers. It don't Brothers. matter. I'm telling you, sometimes you don't want to hear niggas screaming, No, nigga, want to hear that. But sometimes that's the stuff they play on the Weather Channel when you're checking the forecast. That's not the same. You ain't going to diss Kenny G. You're not going to yeah, you gotta go compare that. You gotta compare that to no fucking elevator music. You are not going to be that great name of Kenny. Uh, first of all, back in the late nineties, the Weather Channel used to play the Charlie Brown uh, theme. Really, as Charlie as Brown theme? What you going with? I mean, you know I mean? and when they went through the forecast, the fucking Charlie Brown. Charlie you Brown. Will not, and I contend you will not no. smudge the great name of fucking Kenny G. No, we are not smudging it. It's, it's just Kenny fucking G. Again, it's 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 I look at Kenny G's music as therapy, as um something that'll make me fall asleep. It's it's enjoyable, it's peaceful, but to get in the mood, I'm probably 
probably gonna go for Teddy P or Luther and Isley's, but uh, Kenny G, no. I mean, now, if it was, um, because they do have a version, it's called Sex in the Garden, but um, if you're familiar with the Secret Garden, Quincy Jones, Albie Short, L. DeBarge, uh, James Ingram, yes, and Barry White, um, they did do a saxophone version of that song, where, I mean, it's it was the same track, but they just wiped all the vocals off, and it was just the saxophone playing. Now that, I mean, but that's because of the nature of the song, too. I can maybe go with that, but I would prefer to hear the lyrics just because of how sensual they are. Motherfucker! What? <laughs> I'm telling you right now. Niggas was not getting, niggas was shooting clubs up to fucking Kenny G. I still right now, no. Nobody was turning up in the club off of a fucking Kenny G. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. You're talking sexual. I know, because, I mean, I, to be honest, if I'm telling you right now, niggas was getting, sucking, smacking cakes to fucking Kenny G. I mean, realizing that that's a song about a stalker. But I'm pretty sure people, you know, still got it in off of that, you know? Uh, but, again, I love Kenny G's music, but I, yeah, I'm not fucking Tell me you should see Kenny G. No, no, I can guarantee you I, I was not. Was. I was not. I can guarantee Maybe Rick James. I will go as far because uh, Rick James probably was Rick James That was just way too up-tempo. Getting busy to Rick James unless she was on coke. <laughs> That's the point I was you, you were definitely <laughs> fucking doped up. It's like, really? Rick James up? Wait, no, Fire and Desire. Him and Tina Marie. That, that could be a song. That's on. Nigga, we talking about sex. That, no. Niggas, just when niggas listen to jazz from the 80s, 90s, fall. What the fuck you fucking like? Niggas, no. I'm telling you. The jazz, most jazz puts you to sleep. So again. Oh no. Nigga, I'm gonna get somebody to agree with me. Um, right. Of course, but nobody is going to agree with you because nobody is ever going to say that they fucked a KP okay. song because Bro, you gotta listen to so your podcast. Put it on speaker. I'm gonna put you on speaker, you're on my podcast and I ask you a question. Hold on. Uh who are we speaking to? So, bro, this is my brother Ro. Oh, hello. Ro. You were on the Donkey King podcast. Hello, sir. What's up? I finally made it. <laughs> So we're having a debate here because one of my brothers said before, um, he contends that nobody has ever got busy to a Kenny G song. And I'm trying Ashley apparently is agreeing with him, and I think she full of shit. No. So or nigga, you try to to a Kenny G song. I'm here to not. Was niggas not getting busy to Kenny G songs in the 80s? Like really? <laughs> what? She, that's what she's saying. That's what she's saying. They're saying they don't think nobody's ever got busy to a Kenny G song. No. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I definitely use the Kenny G song to set the mood. Told you. To set the mood. He said set the mood. He didn't say while you're in the moment. 
first and foremost, share the podcast is always available on um, iTunes, Apple Music, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean. Um, you can follow the podcast and download the King Podcast on um, Instagram and on Facebook, DWTK Pod on Twitter. Um, you can follow myself at th at tha real k um, on Instagram on Twitter. Um, you can also follow Ashley K Evans uh, on Instagram. K-A-Y. Yeah, it's that's Ashley K A Y. That's on Instagram. Facebook. A Y Evans on Facebook. Facebook as well. Starting with the before you. Amen. Amen. No, because this why why I can't do it? Why you gotta announce me? I don't fucking care. Um. Yeah, so there's that. So, that being said, because I'm tired of her, um, she's getting on fucking nerve. She talks too damn much. That's why yeah, we're always extra out. hear my voice. My uh, this so, is so so sounds in my voice. No, um, this, this, now this is why I would want to prefer a Kenny G song play, because I will. <laughs> that being said, we're going to um, sign off. Um, uh, uh, Till next time, you heathens. 